You know, I I would say that they're it's very it's very clicky, and not not so much introverted as as much as clicky. Um, it's kind of like high school. Um, like everybody has their set group of friends. There's the cool people. There's the popular ones. There's the the nerdy ones. There's the the outcasts. So uh, I I would say it's more clicky than introverted. But yeah, there's definitely a uh, uh, a, a division. Uh, between uh, like comedians and uh, like the audience, or, or, or I would say like the normal people, um, and because comedy is, is it's more therapy for us than anything else because we can't afford it. So this we we just talk to everybody about it. Uh, we 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 go in there, and I think a lot of us kind of still expect that patient. That doctor-patient confidentiality <laughs> we're coming out of it. Is it? Yeah. Okay. But I, we're we're putting all that we're putting all that out there, um, and uh, we we. Um, and you don't necessarily want to engage with it off. We don't want to engage with it off stage, yeah. and because this is again, this is what we do for a living. It's kind of like, you know, you know, if you're if 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 you work with you know if you're a pizza delivery guy or if you make pizzas for a living, you don't want to go home and eat pizza. Well, uh, also, uh, I, is that a Bay Area thing? Uh, I, I go comedy day every year, or I, I, I used to do it every year, and uh, I would meet the East Coast comics, and they would say how we we act like elites out here. Um, I, I I definitely think there is a there's a different attitude that West Coast comics have, especially Bay Area comics. Yeah. Have. Um, to where I don't know if it's entitlement or if it's um, just a sense that that what we had to do to come up uh, because being a comic in the Bay Area is, is it's a needle in a haystack like the, the, for for you to get recognized for for doing anything in the comedy world is a huge achievement uh, because. Normally, especially at an open mic, where like most of the time we're at an open mic, it's all comics there anyway. There's maybe like two or three people as, as a regular audience. Yeah. But they start treating they start treating certain shows and certain certain events like oh, I'm better than this or I'm bigger than this, and it's like you never know who's going to be in the audience. So you always have to treat every show like you're you're on star search. You know, like you have to bring your A game every time. I hear you. I uh, I you know because. I, uh, I, you know, I, I did a bunch of sets uh, last time that a lot of comic, uh, some, this comic uh, said she was going to stab me, uh, and, and then call the police after I'm laying on the ground stabbed. Um, but I did, I did a good year of that, and, and then you don't know who is in your audience because uh, after that I was, I was in the audience and the host was like, all right, and she would point me out because she knew that uh, certain comics wanted to stab me. Uh, so you never know who's in who's in your audience, but uh, yeah, I, I, you know. And the thing is, uh, a lot of comics, uh, you gotta say the same thing over and over. That that's what became tough for me, I guess. I've been doing the same set like since COVID. Since COVID was, like, has loosened up, and the and the uh, you know the shows have been starting. I, like for the past year and a half, I've been doing the same set like in in, in every every place I go to just to get it down, just to get it perfected. And the thing is, is like you're saying the same thing every time, but 
the first time somebody else is here. See, I should have done that more. Um, How do you keep uh, fresh? Yeah, good one. Um, you're always writing constantly. You're always writing, and you're always working. You're always you're always working out new material, and uh, that's what open mics are for us. Is it's kind of like a workout room. It, it's it's where we go work out our new material, see what's funny, what's not, and um, you know to be able to do that. Uh, it, that's what keeps it fresh for us. Uh, or for me, anyways, is to constantly keep uh, constantly keep writing and, and, and doing uh, new material for uh, for like the open mic sets and stuff like that. But when you're in a when you're in a showcase or when you're in a uh, uh, you know a, a booked show where you're getting paid for it, you're bringing your A game. So you're bringing the set that you know down pat, um, set it a million times. So this way, you know. You can also, and a lot of a lot of people also improvise during during their sets. They, you know, they'll add they'll add a, a, a new twist on their joke or they'll add a new you know, phrase here and there. But um, for the most part, I mean, it's just like anything else. Like it's repetition. Yeah, um, I guess it's throwing extra things in there at times. So you, you know, don't just say something the way you say. It. Like I would just I, when I did sets, I would say something. Um, didn't really kill but then i would say it again i'd be like motherfucker i got crabs and then and then it was just the way you you, you said it and all, yeah. all of a sudden one guy laughed and of course like you said it's a room full of comedians so one guy laughing means you did pretty good so i i so i had this joke um that every time i said it it it, it would get mixed reactions um uh, it, it was about uh uh, the value of the items that crackheads try to sell you mm. has gone way downhill, and uh, you know if you were up at the right hour, you could furnish your whole house for like a dollar twenty-five. And you know, a couple of weeks ago, a crackhead tried to sell me a dead dog. <laughs> now, when I would say it first, when I was starting out, I, I I would always say dead puppy, which kind of threw the audience off. Like, oh, it's a song too, yeah. Puppy, no, and I lose the audience right there. When I started saying dead dog, it hit a different switch and it hit different and, and it made, made people start laughing. Mm. Uh, so it's little little things like that, you know, working working around with different words and, and, and different ways to say the same thing uh, is key to be able to, you know, make sure you keep your audience because that's the, the, the number one thing as a comic is making sure you don't lose the, that crowd because... If you lose an audience during your set, like the rest of your set's going to be horrible, so, probably the rest of the show. Who do you, uh, maybe you shouldn't say the name on this one, uh, I, I guess, who do you not like? And uh, as a, I'm talking about a comedian, and uh, when I say don't say there, uh, you don't have to say the name, because I, uh, but you can if you want, yeah, let's start some beef. But I, what I mean is, yeah, uh, describe. I don't like the, the shock, the shock Yeah, comics, there you the go, okay. I, I, I think... Uh, anyone who anyone who goes for like the low hanging fruit like that, or, or says something just to try to to, to gain a reaction, too I, much I, masturbation. It's lazy. It's lazy. Um, I, I I like people who who actually take thought uh, and and put actual time and effort in into their jokes. And, and and see me, I'm a storyteller. I've always been into like sketch comedy. I've always been into. Uh, 
uh, like RPG games, stuff like that. I like to get enveloped into a story. And if you can develop me into a story and make it funny, you're God to me. Like Eddie Murphy, uh, Raw, yeah. like uh, Tom Segura, yeah. Gabriel Iglesias, okay. all these guys, they can tell a story and just envelop you in it and make it hilarious. Those are the guys that I grew up on. Not these guys that are coming up like uh, Anthony Jeselnik, where he's like, where it's just pun after pun after pun of just horrendous shit, like Daniel Tosh or uh, you know these guys. That, yeah, that are. I mean, they're he's, funny, but you can only take so much of. Them. I think uh, Daniel Tosh. He's good for what he does on TV. Yeah. Um, the Tosh boy. So boy. yeah, I think something. I think it was Mario Hodge that said this recently, because uh, there was another comic complain and like i'm done with this um uh his internet game was it wasn't so good but he was doing the stand-up game and uh is that something you, you need all these avenues now you need well, to be a internet comedian and a stand-up comedian and that's the thing and that's where i that's where i missed the boat uh during covid a lot of people were starting doing these zoom shows mm. i never got into it because i don't hey, i didn't have the like the capability with i i run off very generic crap like I don't have webcams and microphones and all that stuff to to, to do the zoom shows and, and I guess I just didn't understand it as well so I kind of stayed away from it and it, it was for me I need an audience there I need I need yeah. people I, I need to know that I'm entertaining people I need to know I need to see the laughs I need to see the faces so the zoom shows didn't resonate with me and I I, I stayed away from them and that's what kind of killed my notoriety is that I had the small notoriety that I had gained uh, over the years that I've been doing comedy. That's why nobody nobody knows who I am anymore because I did stay away from those shows and I and I didn't start doing comedy again until COVID was uh, released. Like like they started releasing some of the mandates. Dude, I couldn't even do COVID Bible study. Oh. <laughs> um, have you thought about TikTok? Ooh. I do have a TikTok. I use my TikTok because I'm also a karaoke DJ. Yeah. Uh, so I do karaoke shows uh, throughout the East Bay area, and I use my TikTok mainly for that to promote to, to promote that. So I I don't. I love, I love my comedians on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Let's make I, sure we follow each other. Uh, yeah. I I don't get the TikTok either, but I'm trying because I'm standing up for women's rights uh, because I I had a friend that got flagged on there. And uh, I, I was like, I ain't doing this TikTok. But then she said that, and uh, she said she got flagged because she's a, a model. And she said she, they fight for pornography. She just she had her bra and all that on there. So I said, you know what? I'm standing up for your rights. So I went on there in my coconuts. Yeah, I got my bra, uh, coconut bra on. And uh, I got that flag. I took one for the team. But they didn't ban me, though, unfortunately. They flagged you for a coconut bra. Yeah, because I did a nip slip. Oh, I, 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 I did one, and I was like, this isn't enough. And then I did a nip slip. I caught it. Like, I let the nipple hang, oh, yeah, but and the, then I caught it. The island boys, they could, they could be in a, a jacuzzi topless. Right. They're fine, right? right. I'm a little uh, more heavier than they are. Uh, so I have, I have some actual nipple. Uh, yeah, uh, so that is... So, there was something else uh, I think someone messaged me about, but uh, this is something I want to say. Uh, Comedian-wise, um, what do you think about people that cheat? Okay, the, the Ukraine president, he's a comedian. But he, come on, like, he kind of cheated that, right? Like, where can we see a stand-up set? 
Uh, we we can't, right? So he supposedly was a comedian for the longest time, and then he was like, you know what? No one's seen my stand-up sets. Let me make a TV show where I'm a comedian trying to become president, and then he became president. Do you feel like this inspires opportunities for comedians, or or it's like cheating? Uh, I think it's uh, could be president someday. You know? I I think it's a unique a unique occurrence that that happened. Like he was lucky to be able to get where he's at in the avenue that he took. Um, How do we know he's funny? Like, right? I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I've never heard of him, like comedy wise. Like, but you know, he got to where he's at through the venue of comedy. So. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how many comedians are going to go into politics, you know, knowing knowing that this please don't this happened. But <laughs> I mean, I, I doubt. I doubt that's going to be a pass. I, I mean, for, just keep maybe do a Dave Chappelle or some sort of oh, politics Dave stuff. President, I'd vote for him. <laughs> you know, possibly. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's it, it, as far as I want politics to go. With comedians like. I don't know. I, uh, yeah. I don't. What's the difference between that and Ronald Reagan? Actually, he was kind of fun, wasn't he? Well, Ronald Reagan was an actor. Right. Uh, you know, same yeah. with uh, Schwarzenegger. He, yeah. you know, he got into politics, and and uh, that was uh, strange. Yeah. The guy from the WWE, uh, Kane. Mm. He's he's mayor of some town in I think Tennessee. Or That's kind of cool. Um, but so like, politics is an avenue when you are able to gain that public notoriety like you know I mean I think Donald Trump proved that you can go into politics no matter who you are as long as you have a the money and b the the public the public eye if you know it doesn't matter who you are you or how much of a piece of shit you are you can go you can go and run for president or you can go and run for some sort of politics he maybe was our avenue to knowing about the Ukraine guy being a, a comedian. Would, would would we they even think to say he's a comedian before that? I, I honestly I don't but, think that was part of his campaign. Well, why why are they uh because uh Russia now they're banning uh, vodka? Like come on, I mean uh, I mean Russian vodka. Uh, yeah yeah I mean I don't know I got New Amsterdam that's uh, Modesto vodka. Uh, that's why I put I put it in that. I drink it. Uh, Ryan, you also do impressions. I do. Uh, yeah, I should get an impression of you. I got to fill up my, my TikTok here. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. Here, uh, do, uh, do an impression for us. Dance, here. monkey, dance. Um, so a lot of, uh, one of the impressions I do is... Uh, uh, Stewie Griffin from Family Guy. I got that. Yeah, um, I, I, I do a lot of the Family Guy characters. So uh, sometimes I go into Peter, and uh, you know, sometimes just uh, oh, there you go. talk like this, and uh, you know, uh, it, it gets the crowd going. Uh, <laughs> makes makes people feel good about themselves, I guess. And uh, uh, sit next to this chick over here. She's uh, she's pretty good. She's pretty uh, hot. I, I think uh, we can go. Take her to the back room, giggity giggity. Uh, that's actually one of my favorite characters right there. Man. See, that's the creepy. That, that's the creepy guys we want to stay away from. <laughs> the quagmires of the world we want to stay away from. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, from the Ukraine. I don't know. I mean, okay, 
We should get serious before the end because, oh, I don't know how you're going to mix these two questions. Okay, a serious one uh, from the Ukraine thing. Well, okay, what's your opinion on why Russia is moving so aggressively against Ukraine right now? Honestly, um, it's a power move. It's, uh, it's the same thing that, that Germany did to Poland. Uh, it, it's a power move just to, it's, it's to gain position. Um, it, 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 I mean, to me, the way I see it, it looks like there's another, a, a world war brewing. And, uh, Germany did the same, same thing when they felt the, the, that, that type of, you know, that, that type of feeling came on. They invaded Poland. They invaded a lot of the smaller countries, um, and and just to just to gain position, and that's what I think this is: is a power move. It's a position move. Yeah, I don't I don't know why in this particular moment, but it strikes me that this is something Donald Trump would do if he could. Right? It's all about the mm. power. Yeah. Wait. 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 What are you talking about? That would touch what he would do to the U.S. Uh, no, yeah, that's what he would okay. do to other countries. Right? It's, it's about the power. It, different I mean, way of doing things. It, we've done it to smaller countries. Yeah. Uh, we've done it to. Uh, you know the, the Middle East uh, just made huge power moves in, the, in that area just just to gain, you know, whether it's oil or uh, power position. You know, we, we've we've gone in and, and just took over, and, and you know, it, if you look at if you look at war throughout the ages, like it, it's all it, it's all calculated. It's all calculated. It's all chess moves. It, it, it's you know, I'm I'm moving my moving my pawn here. I'm moving this here. I'm moving this here. So you, you know that that's what they're doing right now. They're playing chess, and and this is this is Russia's first move, and we're going to see what what our counter is to it. Yeah, at, at the same time, I don't think uh, Biden is just that much props. I mean, because uh, I mean he's just chill. Because well, because why I say that is because when it comes to the war, like uh, Ukraine don't want. He's like. Nah, you stay there. Stay there. We're good. Okay, guns. We'll take them. All right, all right. We'll take some stuff. We'll take some stuff. That, that, but stay there. So I don't. I don't feel like I. Whole, our president that's deserve much States props. You know, from the beginning though, it's like, oh, you don't want our help there. You're getting it. <laughs> no, you don't. What you don't think we we'd rush in there? Be like, uh, let's blow some stuff up. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. So we even that's got that United, option. That's been the United States from the beginning. Like, I don't know. We don't go in and blow things up unless it's in our interest. Unless yeah. we're getting oil or something out of it. We're, we're not quite as humanitarian as we make ourselves out. Oh, no. I feel like that's still a balance. So wait, you, you make it sound like we're not that bad. No, but we're, we're still, we're we're still bad, but we're not society. too bad. So we're not going to do anything without, we're not going to do anything without getting, getting some kind of I'm gain. comparing us to other places, and so you're not making us sound that bad. Because, uh, yeah, we want stuff. Uh, but everyone else seems to want stuff, and uh, oh, let me check your pockets. We want stuff. We're a little hypocritical about it. Yeah. We'll, we'll say we're going into Iraq because oh, the people. There are plenty of people suffering all over. They just don't have oil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We we haven't uh, even taken care of the problems of America. Well, yet. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, how about how about my people? How about my people? Right? My my people. No, I mean, no, I wasn't raised in. I mean, we San still Carlos. have kids in cages on the Mexican border, like. 
everybody's like turned a blind eye to that but <laughs> see i have an issue there because I, I i like kids in cages uh <laughs> keep the kids in cages free the animals sounds like sounds like that uh age play thing <laughs> i throw them a carrot uh yeah, wait, there was, uh, there was something, oh, oh, actually, I got another message here, uh, what, what, uh Vietnam, wait, uh, uh, yeah, okay, well, then there was a, wait, okay, we're back, we're just politics, there was a karaoke thing, but, uh, when did we get out of, oh, Obama started the cages, <laughs> what do you think about that? Um, I mean, if you follow the timeline, it's probably true. Uh, but I mean, I don't think that's anything that hasn't been going on for 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 decades. Okay. Like that's not something. What? I want to fact check that. So <laughs> the weird thing is, okay, no, actually, I'm getting these messages, and in between there, there was a man who shoved a double A battery down his penis. Mm. Uh, oh, that you, sounds painful. What, what do you think about that? Like now he's learning his lesson because he needs an X-ray and all that, and now he has to get that battery out of his penis. Yeah. Uh, you know, there is a point where you need to uh, calm your uh, your fetishes, uh, right? Like you're showing batteries down your penis. I mean, it's it's all about uh, fetishes. Is all about experimentation, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and and that guy experimented. Um, I mean, yeah, there are toys designed specifically for that. So, like, that's a good idea. Uh, all sorts of bad chemicals, batteries. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think you know, fetishes are like watching a lot of TV or eating a lot or drinking a lot or anything else is kind of trying to heal something. And I think it's good to understand what you're trying to do. Man, I would like to, there, you know what, I wouldn't mind getting into the politics, but it's not like we have that much time. Um, there's things, more important, it's like fat shaming a monkey uh, that happened recently. Um, and, and, they, and the monkey, they put him in rehab and the FDA approved a Condom specifically intended for anal sex now. Uh, I thought it always was. Fine, we could be back at it. So you, I, I tell you. I mean, Rough Riders have been around for a long time. <laughs> I'm curious uh, what the difference is. But. So I take it uh, you, you, you don't like Trump. Actually, I. There we go. Right, <laughs> go for it, bro. Tell, tell, I tell don't us. Like, you, like I don't Trump. like his politics. Wait, okay. I do like how honest he was. He did, mm. he, he did everything he said he was going to do. At least he tried to. You know, I, I got to commend him on that. Um, he, uh, I, I didn't like the fact that a lot of the stuff that he did, but there was a lot of good that he did too. I, 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 I got to say, like, economy-wise, economy stuff like okay. that. Okay. This, this, uh, we're going to go to Rachel and then... Uh, because I think she probably wants to say something after what you're about to say with, uh, what good did Trump do? Economy-wise, um, he, he, during his presidency, uh, our economy was on the rise. Um, gas prices were lower. Food costs were lower. Uh, employment was up. Uh, you know, he, he did, he did do... He did do some good for this country. I'm, I, I'm not saying that he's a good person or that he's he did it with good intentions or good means, but he did he did help as far as uh, uh, like 
economy and money and things like that and that's what he's that's what he knows so of course that's that's what his main uh that's where his main focus was going to be and and i think he i think he did a commendable job in doing that okay you uh you want to get on that there you um trump being honest and i and i hear you you don't think he's honest saying that um I'm going to retract honest, and I'm going to say blunt. Okay. He was very Make blunt. Make sure you're freeing your mind there. He was all. very blunt with a lot of the things he said. No filter, and he, you know, he just came out, said what was on his mind, and... That is true. And, okay. and, and, that, and that was it. That I, that I respected. And a lot of it was, yeah. There's a lot of the stuff that he said that wasn't true, and he could have contradicted himself a lot. But I, I admire the bluntness uh, uh, that uh, and I, I equated that with honesty, but uh, but the bluntness is is where I'm, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with. And I, and I want to say that because I totally agree with you, and I agree that that was what his appeal was to a lot of people yeah. who are tired of the hypocrisy and the bullshit. Yeah. That I think our entire our entire country is kind of we're all afraid to say the truth. Yeah. We're afraid of conflict. We're afraid to like just be honest with each other. And Absolutely. so, the appeal of Trump in that respect is a reaction to this, this culture of dishonesty that I that I agree we have. Absolutely. Uh, this is uh, you know what? Okay, these are questions I didn't get a chance to uh, say last time. You want to go back to the sex? Uh, couples who have too many similarities won't last long. These are questions I didn't get to last week, which yeah. is good because last week was a uh, was a troublesome show. I heard. Um, yeah. So it's good we're getting to it now. Yeah, it's so funny because um, that is that is I think true. And Esther Perel, who for anybody listening who isn't, she's she's a really great writer and talker and thinker on sex, and she talks about the polarity and the tension that you need for good sex, which is why living with someone and raising kids with them it really you know lowers the sex drive. Um, you need some distance and tension for good sex. Oh, that is a good one. So. Uh, Exactly. Wait, oh, that is a good one, though. Let me, let me make sure I got the... And then I kind of, I, I feel like we gave short shrift to the, the person who's talking about sexual mismatch and how much sex people want in a relationship. And I don't actually have answers for that. So, so having, so having kids ruins sex. All right. <laughs> yes. Having kids ruin sex. Having kids ruin sex. You heard it here. Like, why would people have kids knowing this is probably going to be the last time I'm going to enjoy sex? It's the very last time. Especially guys act weird about that. I, I, I think I'd be all right with it, but I don't want kids either. So, you know, I, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, you get, get wow, see, kids is amazing and you give up. I think I see the big picture. That's why I don't me, want kids. For me now, every time I bust inside of a girl, it's like, holy shit, that's a possible another 700 bucks a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. When a woman gives oral, her body releases a hormone that burns fat. That was a message I got last week. That was a guy. That was a guy that messaged me that. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. If that's, if that's true, I'm offering my weight loss services. <laughs> That sounds uh, like possible misinformation. Oh, oh, this this one may be too deep. If someone really loved you, their feelings will never change, no matter how many others they meet. That's a horrible no. one. <laughs> no. No. 
Um, someone really loves you, they're still a human being go through, going through all their own shit. And we can't control what happens to another person. That person can't control what happens to them. Mm. So we can love someone, our needs change, someone else, and we're like, oh, wait, I've changed as a person, now this person is more right for me. So I, it doesn't mean they didn't love the person, but, but we're all in a constant state of change. This is one. Story about oh, oh, go for it. Uh, so I was married uh, previously, and uh, I married my high school sweetheart, my best friend, person who I thought was the love of my life. Uh, we both felt the same way. We were both deeply in love with each other. And um, I found out that the environment that, that a person is in can change feelings uh, about, uh, about people. Um, she was she was around an environment. Uh, her mom hated me, um, <laughs> but uh, she was around the, she was around her mom and in that environment uh, throughout our entire marriage. And all she heard was just negative, 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 negative things about me. Till to the point to where she just started believing it. And everything I did, nothing I did was good enough. Everything I did was wrong. Uh, and and in, yeah, at, at one point, that. she just fell out of love with me. And we ended up getting divorced. Uh, we had been together for five years. We had been married for a year and a half. And a year and a half into into that into that marriage, she called it quits. She just up and up and bounced. And it was like, how could we go from best friends, from childhood best friends, to lovers, to you know, husband and wife, and now to nothing? Like just completely hating each other. Uh, it, it, it's you know, I for her it was the environment that she was in. We had one, yeah, yeah. and I had two kids from a previous relationship. Did, so. did that change? Um, well, not really, because we had kids. We had our we had our son um, about two and a half years into the relationship, um, and then we we spent another good year or two. I think. What it was was getting married. Uh, that actually, once, once the honeymoon phase ended and once things got real, like holy shit, we have bills. We need to keep a roof over our head. We need to keep food on the table. Once her parents weren't providing that, and she had to start going to work and start helping to provide that. That's when shit got like, oh, okay, yeah, I can't do this. Uh, because to this day she still lives with her to her parents with my with, with my son, like she's never moved out of their parents' house afterwards. She's never been in another relationship afterwards. She she's literally secluded herself, um, and like it was sad to me just to see that because it was like she was a completely different person. Like when I knew her, like when when we were when we were getting to know each other, when we were uh, friends, and, when we, and then eventually when we got together, like, she was a completely different person. She was outgoing, fun-loving. She it, it just changed. The love is a static thing that stays one way forever. It depends on so many things that are yeah. happening with both people. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I just came from the restroom. I washed my hands, and then I got... I, I just kind of like flailed them and wetness came on the floor. I hope no one thinks I peed on the floor. <laughs> um, one thing I want, 
almost out of here. Um, I wanted to inject on there, and it, it wasn't, uh, it was just something popped in my mind. I did have someone say that uh, the vaccines, because we're going through this right now, um, there's uh, spikes in the, the penis cum. Uh, is that, what, what do you uh, y'all think about, what do you think about that? Like, if, like, say, uh, someone that, it's mostly people that aren't vaccinated that said this thing, this sort of stuff. Like, oh, my, my stomach, and oh, all these problems. I had sex with an, oh, with a vaccinated person. I'm not vaccinated. They gave me the spikes. This, this is something I've heard from people. Is it, think that's silly? <laughs> I'm gonna go with her. Uh, honestly, uh, 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 I'm not vaccinated. Uh, I never got vaccinated. Okay. I, so you're not spreading around that spiky cum. I'm not spreading around spiky cum. Um, and uh, I, I don't see any differences between vaccinated people and unvaccinated, health wise or. Or anything, so I, I I gotta say that's that's bullshit. But <laughs> I, I'm gonna call bullshit on that. Did you two enjoy your uh, two state? Uh, tri- uh, everyone's talking about that uh, all twos day. Oh, the two two twenty. I don't get it, but oh, it, it, it. I didn't reflect on it because I didn't I didn't know what the big deal was. Um, I I do. I stayed home and masturbated. Um, and then... Um, yeah. Okay. I played video games all day. That's pretty much all I did. Was That's a great comedian response. You corrugate to the first uh, thing we were talking about, masturbation. Corrugate the spiritualum. Yeah. So, uh, therapy cat or psycho cat? I didn't know where to go with that, so I wasn't... <laughs> I think my, my cat does both. Are we, uh... So, yeah. Oh. So uh, we got. I I don't like to leave just now. The movies Dune was way too long, right? Dune was too long. Dune. Dune, yeah. Oh, Dune. Too Dune long. was way too long. Too long, good, good. I'm gonna. I I I don't mind three and a half hour movies, but three and a half movie, three and a half hour movies of just world building. It was horrible. That's yeah. Crazy. <laughs> King Richard, great movie. Yes. I didn't expect to like it. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, now I want to hang out with Will Smith again. I always want to hang out with Will Smith. Yeah. I kind of want to hang out with, uh, with Jada. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and their kids. She could. Each one of them. Why isn't she in an action film? She could kick ass, I think, more than Will Smith. Yeah. He's crazy. Okay, so, yeah. Okay, great, great. All right, last way. Uh, someone who never sang in... Okay. So, last words. And the question could also go go to you since it fits you, Ryan Rodriguez. Uh, last words here, and then uh, if someone never sang in public, uh, what would you get to, uh, to? What would make them want to do karaoke? And uh, yeah, boom. So what would make somebody want to do karaoke? Yeah, and this is also your last words moment here. Okay, so. uh, yeah, let's see. Uh, it says uh, sing. Oh gain confidence and what would get them to go to karaoke? I found so, yeah. uh, a lot of people find karaoke therapeutic just like comedy. Uh, a lot of people just go up there and, and music is their, their form of letting letting things out, letting go. They sing songs, and a, a lot of them sing songs uh, determined 
based on how they're feeling. Like if they're feeling good, they're, they'll sing like Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody. If they're feeling, if they're heartbroken, they'll sing Tony Braxton, like never breathe again. Uh, if they're feeling murderous, they'll sing something from Eminem. Um, <laughs> These are real singers, yeah, okay. So, um, um, you know, it, it, karaoke is, 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 a, is a form of therapy for a lot of people. And I think uh, people who have that, that inner, that like fear of performing in front of people, it's a good way to get over it. Yeah, I'll do someone break my heart. That's the most I go with Tony. All right, uh, yeah, we're, yeah, last word, where can people find you, all this stuff, and then um, we're cutting so off and going I, to Rachel. I am, uh, I do karaoke Boom, uh, yeah. Wednesday through Friday, or excuse me, Wednesday through uh, Sunday. I do uh, Retro Junkie at Walnut Creek um, from 9 to 1. Uh, Thursday and Saturday, I am at uh, the office in Concord. Fridays, I'm at Pandora here in San Francisco. Mm, okay. Um, and Sundays, I'm at Captain's Chest. Um, as far as comedy goes, I run an open mic on Thursday nights at uh, the office. All right, yeah, don't go to Pandora in your shorts. The, uh, the pimps and drug dealers will think you're a tourist. Sure. I don't know. Who wants to see San Francisco anyways as a tourist? Uh, but that was back in the day. Rachel, all right, this is it. Uh, last words. And then we're just, boom, out of here. Um, and we're... Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay. Medium, Rachel Ratliff, R-A-T-L-I-F-F. -F. I write a lot about my life. Um, my path has been just kind of putting it all out there to gamify everything. Um, and to model doing it for others, like we can see ourselves and be loved. That's cool. Um, this is realsex.com. And I have an event space in the Okay. You can also find out more about my shows and everything on Instagram at r underscore Rodriguez eighty one. And soon on TikTok. Yeah, just and soon on TikTok. <laughs> you, you can yeah, just keep on going for it. Yeah, just got you. Hey, last. All right, I guess that's it. Right, here we go. We got to turn this Are you off. tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy. On Wheels is dedicated to Fiber double-crossed him, escaping with his life, Clooney is sidelined while his superior attempts to discover how Gruber was compromised. The investigation delves into Gruber's astonishing past, from his unpleasant days as an East German border guard to life as a narcotics agent, from his time in the tango clubs of Buenos Aires to a trip up the Amazon in search of Nazi gold. John Wessex the Prague Deception is the third book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Hey, me and Nir Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. 
It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission a leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed? You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out? with side bags and cool stuff, talk to Under. 